It's good to see all of you. My name is Matthew. I'm the pastor here on behalf of our church and its leaders. Welcome, especially to those of you who are connecting with us for the first time or who are visiting after a long time. Welcome to those of you as well joining us online today. When we gather as a church, we do so sometimes in the flesh and sometimes we do so online. And so however you are with us today, uh, we hope that today you will experience Uh, the joy of life in God's family with us, that you will know a welcome uh, from your Father, uh, and that you will experience the good news of His Son and what it means for us to go out from this place carrying that with us. Uh, It is Easter season, and it is also spring. And as a church, we are grateful that in this season we are remembering together that because Jesus died and raised to life and ascended to heaven, it has made all the difference in our lives. And we are continually working out together the implications of who we are because of this. During Easter season, we've been looking at some statements that Jesus says about himself in the gospel. We call them the I am statements. We'll continue that together today. But first, I have one announcement for you. Uh, And that is that this coming Saturday, so almost a week from today, our cadets have their annual derby car race. Hooray! Woo! Yeah, if you know, uh, those of you who know, know, you know, right? But uh, for those of you who don't, uh, all year the cadets work together to build derby cars and to weigh them appropriately. And then at the end of the year, they race them. And there are prizes. And I'm also told that there will be an intermission with refreshments. So... Uh, The thing is, if you are too old to be a cadet, right, don't feel disappointed. Although you cannot race a car, you're still invited to come. Uh, So please join us this coming Saturday right in the fellowship hall. Everyone is invited to join us, to cheer them on. Um, That's at 7 p.m. this coming Saturday. Friends, today here in this sunlit place, you've gathered into the presence of God, and I would invite you to rise in body or in spirit Let's worship the Lord together. Good morning, everybody. Our call to worship this morning is from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.
Friends, you may be seated. The God of wisdom, we confess the, the foolish ways, uh, foolishness of our ways and our failure to follow in your paths of right relationships with you and with others. We've gone astray. We feel lost. We have upheld our own interests first to the detriment of others. We have failed to be generous with the poor and abandon our efforts to bring about justice. Feel the stains of our sins. Have mercy on us according to your steadfast love. Wash the sinfulness out of us and help us to live more faithfully as your servants. We seek your unfailing lordship and ask for your guiding hand on our lives. To you be honor and glory and forever. Amen. Please join me in a silent confession. Merciful God, we thank you for never losing hope for us. When we are lost, you are there on the lookout for us, bringing us back to you like the good shepherd that you are. Your word tells us of the joy in heaven that awaits for us. May this joy flow out into our lives each day and be faithfully reflected into our world around us. I'd like to invite the deacons to come up for our offerings. So our first offering this morning will be for the ministries here at Pleasant Street. Our, our second offering is for Resonant Global Mission. Uh, if you are unfamiliar with this um, partnership that we have, um, this is an organization that is all around the world and does some pretty amazing things. So we have a video right here uh, for you to, so you know more about this uh, organization. It starts with the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit works in someone's heart, God completely transforms them, and Christ's love echoes out into all areas of their life. This is God's mission, and the Holy Spirit invites each and every one of us to join in that mission. That's the work of Resonate Global Mission. The mission agency of the Christian Reformed Church, Resonate works to see more people experience Christ's love and live out their faith. The Christian Reformed Church has a long history of gospel witness. In fact, it started with the very first Christian Reformed congregation living out Christ's love in their community. But God's mission also stretches beyond our communities. And as the denomination grew, churches came together to cross cultural barriers. In 1888, the denomination's churches formed Christian Reformed home missions to share the gospel among indigenous populations within the United States. The work soon expanded overseas with the formation of Christian Reformed world missions and sending missionaries to Nigeria and China. Since then, our involvement in God's mission has only grown. It has also changed. The world looks a lot different today than it did a century and a half ago. With travel and technology, our connected world has broken down barriers. 
Today, people groups move and relocate. Refugees flee their homes and seek safety in other countries. In many of our neighborhoods, it's common to hear languages spoken from all over the world, smell food from a variety of cultures, and see different types of clothing. All these changes mean that ministry changes too. That's why in 2017, Christian Reformed Home Missions and Christian Reformed World Missions joined together to become Resonate Global Mission. We are one agency with one mission, to see communities of disciples faithfully proclaiming and living out the good news of Jesus. Through Resonate, the Christian Reformed Church is working in more than 40 countries, including Canada and the United States. We send missionaries and volunteers, plant churches, support campus ministries, and train churches and people to live out the gospel in their own communities. We work through three key strategies, forming leaders, sending congregations, and connecting networks. You play an important role in this mission too. Jesus sends all of his followers into the world as his witnesses. Some are called down the street, and others to the other side of the world. Resonate is here to help you and your church find your place in God's mission. We will help you deepen your passion for mission, strengthen your capacity to follow God on mission, and amplify the impact you and your church have in your neighborhood and around the world. Near and far, our church follows the Holy Spirit's call to share the grace, hope, and love found in Jesus. We join the whole church to share the whole gospel with the whole world. And we can do more together than we can ever do on our own. Will you join us? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for groups like this, Lord, that help to bring your word all across the word, the world. I pray for our church that we will be a missional church, Lord. I pray that when groups like this do things, that they spread your word and do amazing things. In your name we pray, amen. Now please rise and let's sing.
And friends, join me in the Apostles' Creed, which is an ancient creed that is, um, it basically sums up everything that we believe as Christians here. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And friends, Jesus came in peace to spread peace. And we have an opportunity here now in church with our brothers and sisters to extend a hand or a handshake or a wave, and we get to pass the peace with each other. And we say that with, with saying, the peace of Christ is with you. And also with you. Can I have all the Kid Street kids up here? People of God, what is our prayer? to love and serve Jesus. Thanks Good morning. My name is Brett Buma. I'm one of the elders here at Pleasant Street, and it's a uh, my privilege to lead us in prayer this morning. So will you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, it is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. It's good to be together as a church family, brothers and sisters in Christ our Lord. Almighty God, we praise and thank you for your many blessings, for sustaining us and providing us with all our needs and so much more. But mostly we give thanks and praise for the love that you have shown to us in this. While we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus, we will remember this week your ascension into heaven. You sit at the right hand of the Father, and we know that you hear our prayers and intercede for us. 
On this day, Lord, we think of our mothers, those who are still with us, and those who have gone before us. We thank you for the mothers who have been faithful to you and then taught their children about you and your love. We're grateful for the love and care that they've given to us. For those who have strained relations with their mother, we pray for healing. And for those who feel the sorrow of having lost a mother, we pray that you will grant comfort and peace. As our youth groups are winding down for the season, Lord, we pray that you will be with these young people who are finishing the school year and looking for some time off. Bless them in the continuing months and draw them closer to yourself. We thank you for the many volunteers who lead these young people and were the hands and feet of Jesus to them. Give them refreshment in this time off, and for those who are returning to this work in the fall, may they find joy in their service to these kids and to you. Lord, we thank you that our college students are returning home for the summer, and for those who are still away, grant them safe travel. Bless them as they reunite with their families. Father, we pray that you'll lead us towards a new director of children's ministries. This position is of great importance to us, Lord, and it as it provides ministry leadership to the youngest among us. Speak to those who are quietly considering taking on this ministry. Gracious Heavenly Father, we ask a blessing for those in our church who, who have health issues. We ask that you will grant healing to those who are or will be undergoing cancer treatments. We think of Hank and Jack and Rick and Greg and Richard. Be with them, Lord. We ask that you will be with Jerry, as he is in a rehab facility, and pray that you restore him to health so that he can return home. And we thank you that Carol L. has returned home and is doing, doing well, Lord, and we pray that you will continue to bless her with health. And we pray for Chuck's mom, who is recovering for a fall. Pray that she'll have, have a full recovery and keep her spirits high. We also pray for Ron and Deb, who are recovering from illnesses, Lord, uh, and we ask that you will restore them to full health and strength. And for all those who suffer from mental illnesses, Lord, be with them. Uh, be with those who just struggle with depression, anxiety, loneliness. Strengthen them and grant them your peace. Jesus, you are the great physician. You saw the pain and suffering from disease and illness during your time on earth, and you healed many. We pray that you will heal those among us now who are in need of healing. Father, be with those who so much would love to be worshiping here with us but cannot due to health issues or advanced age. We ask that you will bless them and bless those who care for them. Lord, as we open our word, open your word uh, and hear from your servant, Pastor Matthew, fill us with your spirit. Pray that you will give us open minds and open hearts to hear what you speak through him. May we be salt and light in this world as your image bearers. Lord, hear the prayers that we bring in the name of our Savior, your Son, Jesus. Amen. Today's scripture reading is from the book of John, chapter 10, verses 11 to 21. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock 
and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. The Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, he is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? The word of the Lord. When we gather for church, we do the same liturgical things each time. One of those things is that all of us sit for about 20, 25 minutes, depending, and we listen. Maybe we take a peppermint or two with us. Why do we do this? We do this because we believe that somehow when these words are read and when we work hard to focus our attention on understanding them, we are doing more than just hearing a TED talk or something inspirational. We are, in fact, in the presence of God who is speaking to us, our Good Shepherd. In our family, there was a song that we used to listen to that would help me get into a space of being ready to hear from God. And I want to share some of the lyrics with you now. It goes like this. Open up our ears to listen. Open up our eyes to see. Plant the seed of understanding. Grow it up like the tallest tree. I'm going to say those words on our behalf now. If you know them or you're a quick learner, you're welcome to join me. Let's pray together. Lord God, our good shepherd, whose voice is still speaking, we ask this morning gathered here in this sanctuary that you would open up our eyes, our ears to listen, that you would open up our eyes to see, that you would take your word and plant it like a seed of understanding and that you would grow it up in us like the tallest tree. Amen. This past Friday, on our day off, Joel Vanderwerken and I took nine kids to the zoo. 
armed with a list from our wives, a packed lunch, and our wits, we headed out for the adventure. It was a beautiful day, which apparently some other people had noticed as well because there was about a hundred field trips there. This past Friday on our day off, Joel and I took nine kids to the zoo and we were chaperones of a field trip. Chaperones and kids in brightly colored shirts and hats were everywhere, faces pressed up against glass, little fingers curled around fence links, strollers, balloons, singing, ice cream, shouting. The goat pen, my friends, was a madhouse. It was really, really fun. But it was also pretty stressful. My friends, do you know how many times Joel and I counted to nine? <laughs> Thankfully, we never got to eight or ten. And so I thought about yesterday and today what that crowded day at the zoo was like for us, counting to nine, and only nine, but also what it was like for our kids. Because they were in a sea of people, and all the little people belonged to different big people. Some were parents, some were teachers, some were friends and parents of their friends of teachers. They had to be able to find their big people. They had to be able to find their other little people. It would have been really easy to get lost. You know, for all the things that Joel and I packed for that day, the thing that we didn't bring that I think we wish we would have was a leash or a GPS tracker. But all that we had, my friends, that day in order to find each other were names and voices. Names and voices in a sea of people. We knew our sheep by name, and they knew us. And in order to stay together, we had to use and follow our voices. Which is not unlike how Jesus describes the way that we recognize and follow him today in a sea of people. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they follow me. And just now when he says this for the first time, he is in Jerusalem amongst followers and skeptics and curious onlookers and opponents. He is in a sea of people and they are just now, all of them, trying to figure out just exactly who this guy is. You see, Jesus has just finished healing a blind man who was born that way in chapter 9, and this has caused quite a commotion. People are not sure what to think. Others think the whole situation remarkable. The Pharisees are very angry because Jesus did this on a Sabbath, and he broke the rules, and they want to know pointedly 
What gives this guy the right to break God's law? Who exactly does he think he is anyway? Which turns out to be exactly the question that Jesus is answering when he says, I am the good shepherd. Now for us, when we hear the word good, it's fairly pedestrian. Good can describe the pizza that you had last night or the purpose of your life. We can use the same word to describe how the movie was, how our day was, or someone's character. But the word that Jesus uses in Greek, kalos, it has a range of meanings. None of them are ordinary. Kalos is the word, and it can mean beautiful. It can mean ideal. It can mean model. It can mean perfect. Kalos is how the wedding guests in Cana describe the wine that Jesus makes in John chapter 2. Jesus makes the Kalos wine last, the choice wine, the best wine, the ideal wine comes last. Jesus is the choice shepherd, the ideal shepherd, the best shepherd, and he comes last. To be a shepherd in the imaginative world of the Bible is to be a leader of God's people. David, Israel's greatest king, started out his career as what? A shepherd. And ever since when Israel imagined a God-selected leader, an ideal leader, a king, they imagined someone who carried not a scepter, but a staff. They imagined a shepherd. There's a passage in Ezekiel chapter 34 in the Old Testament, and it's written in a time when Israel seems to only have bad shepherds. God is fed up with it. They're awful. They use the sheep. They don't care for them. They fleece them, you could say. They don't seek the lost ones. They don't care for the wounded. They rule over them violently. They are bad shepherds. Exasperated, God, through the prophet Ezekiel, looks around. He cannot find a decent shepherd anywhere. And so God says, as surely as I live, I will be their shepherd. I will seek out the lost. I will bind up the wounded sheep. You will be my sheep. I will be your God. Friends, there is no more ideal, perfect, choice shepherd than God. Jesus is saying today, evoking these words from Ezekiel in contrast to the Pharisees, he is saying that God has saved his best shepherd for last, and I am that shepherd. And compared to me, everyone else is a hired hand which is wonderful news, except for one thing. How can you be sure? How how do you recognize the good shepherd in a world of hired hands? In a world of people who are always looking for a way to use someone else to benefit your own development, how would you even know a good shepherd if they came up and tapped you on the nose with their staff? Jesus says, well, like this. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, and he knows the sheep, and they follow his voice. We learn to recognize the shepherd not by what he takes, but by what he gives. He gives 
himself and his voice. Names and voices. Did you notice what the good shepherd does when the wolf comes in this little parable that Jesus is giving us? He says, when the wolf comes, the hired hand wants to run away to save his own skin. The good shepherd, however, saves the sheep, but not by killing the wolf, but by giving himself to the wolf. What? In the real world, my friends, I know we are not shepherds, But if the shepherd dies, it spells disaster for the sheep. But Jesus isn't talking about ancient Near Eastern shepherding best practices anymore, is he? He's talking about himself, and he's talking about what he is currently doing for all of us. He's talking about salvation. On the other side of Easter, where we live, we know what he means because we've seen the end of the story. The good shepherd doesn't save us by taking away us from enemies or by taking the enemies away from us, but by giving himself to them on our behalf. And he does so, as he says, out of this deep, bottomless well of God's love for him. The reason that the Father lavishes his love on me, Jesus says, is so that I will have the fullness of soul and strength to be able to empty myself willingly on the cross for all of you. And having done that, we are saved. And so for us, salvation is believing that we live on the other side of this good news of Jesus' death and resurrection. But my friends, we can't just stop there because Jesus gives us something else. He gives us his voice. Salvation is not merely a past tense thing. It is true, right, that the good news happened, that Jesus was born, that he lived that he died, that he was resurrected. But the salvation that Jesus offers is not merely a past tense thing. Jesus says, my sheep know my voice, present tense, and they will follow me, future tense. Friends, Jesus offers himself, his body given for us, and he gives us his voice because we now must follow him. And he guides us. In other words, my friends, with Jesus' is telling us is that life with God is a present reality by the Holy Spirit. Salvation is not something that just we know about, right? It's something that we get to know in our bones. Jesus gives us the ability to hear and to recognize and to know the voice of Jesus, the Good Shepherd today. To hear Jesus call you by your name and call you when it is time to come like a shepherd calling his sheep. A writer who has impacted me uh, muchly in the last couple of years uh, is a theologian named Gordon T. Smith, and he wrote a book uh, several years ago called The Voice of Jesus, right? And in it, he says that this thing, this is what all of us crave most deeply, whether we know it or not, whether we recognize it or not, what we long for, when we are young and when we are old and what we need every day is to know the voice of Jesus in our lives today. He writes, we long to hear the voice of Jesus in the midst of the competing demands and expectations that we all face in the world. 
When we are young adults, he says, we yearn to know Jesus' voice because we are making decisions that feel critical about the future of our lives. When we are in middle life, the issues are no less demanding and we are stretched between caring for the young and the very old. And we need to know that we are not alone in this. And in our senior years, the longing to know the voice of Jesus is, if anything, even more pronounced. For then we need to hear the voice of comfort, the voice of courage, the voice assuring us that indeed we know God and that we are known by God. One of the deepest desires we have that follows us throughout life is to know the voice of Jesus. We all long to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd speaking to us by the Holy Spirit, which is Jesus' gift for the lost, not for super-Christians or people who pray just the right way or hard enough. It is the gift for all of his followers who are scared and locked in the upper room. And so after the resurrection, Jesus appears and they're terrified. And he says, peace be among you. And they settle. And then he breathes on them. And he says, receive the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you couldn't make it without it. Because he's leaving again. And the Holy Spirit will be how all of us learn to follow the voice of Jesus and follow him. A few years ago, one of my colleagues, Reverend Jen Holmes Curran, she wrote a series of reflections on the spiritual life in one of our denomination's publications. She and her husband co-pastor a church in the Midwest. At the time, they had three preschool-aged children. And in one of her articles, she mentions overhearing her husband, Tony, who uh, is practicing something called listening prayer with their three-year-old twin girls. Tony told them in the quiet, uh, after hearing some scripture and sitting together, that they might hear Jesus' voice talking to them. And so he invited them to close their eyes and listen for one minute. I think they probably last about 30 seconds. After which, Hazel, one of his daughters, who said it had been hours, right, uh, she, uh, Tony asked her if they had heard anything. And Hazel said, I heard Jesus say, it is good. And May, her twin sister, said, I heard it. I heard it, Jesus say, may I love this whole world. And then getting excited, she said, I heard Jesus say, I love everybody. And then they're shouting, me too. Later in the evening, they did the same exercise at dinner, and her son, Oscar, said that God had told him that God loved him and that he should be nicer to his sisters. And Jen, Christian Reformed pastor as she is, asks us, so what do you think? Did my children hear from God? Or were they just trying to please their dad? Or could it be both? In my experience, she says, in the Reformed tradition, most words from the Lord tend to be treated with suspicion and sometimes with good reason. She says, I remember hearing a male pastor say that no less than four women had come up to him after church one Sunday and all said independently from each other that they had heard from God that they were supposed to marry him. He told them that if that were the case, then God would also have told him about 
his coming matrimony. She wonders if his good looks and charisma were interfering with his would-be wife's ability to hear God clearly. Reverend Holmes, wise, reformed pastor that she is, she knows that the voice of Jesus is not the only voice out there. It is not the only voice speaking. In fact, the spiritual world is crammed full of voices. Not all of them are the voice of the Good Shepherd. Some of them are siren songs calling us away from the shepherd and the path to life. It can be hard to know the difference. You need to know your name. And you need to know his voice. Imagine an earnest church member comes to her pastor, claimed to have heard the the will of God for her life very distinctly. Her pastor, she asks, how did you know it was God's voice? And the member says, in my experience, if I feel really compelled to do something, then I know it must be God speaking. Her pastor, she thinks for a moment, and then she gently replies that, Actually, in her experience, the more compelled, the more driven, the more sure she feels about God's will in a situation, the more she suspects that it is her and not God speaking. It can be hard to tell the difference. You need to know your name. Nearing the end of his life, Eugene Peterson, who has since gone on to glory He became very worried about the future of the North American church. Many people are. Lots being written about it. But it wasn't for the usual reasons. He wasn't worried about political influence infecting the church or lack thereof harming the church. He wasn't worried about big questions of sexuality or gender or any of these other things that feels so scary to us. Do you know the thing that he was worried about? It wasn't a reckoning coming for the sins of the church in the past several hundred years. No, the thing that he was worried about is that the church is too busy. And he is worried that no one understands the Scriptures. And what makes the two of those things so dangerous is that they combine to make it nearly impossible to hear or recognize the voice of Jesus who is still speaking, but whom we cannot always hear. What the church needs more than anything else, he wrote in a private letter, is not encouragement or rousing, but discernment. Most of what we would consider encouragement today is just encouragement to do the wrong thing because they are the things that make us feel good. My friends, the world can be a noisy place and it is a sea of people and it can be hard to know the voice of Jesus. But friends, the only way to do that is not to shrink back from all the voices but to get close to the voice of the Good Shepherd so that we can learn to tell the difference. Who just now, this morning, comes speaking to us. I was talking with a young man some time ago and he was describing to me this kind of spiritual malaise that he was in. He was 
didn't have quite the words for it, but he's craving something more alive than the Christianity that he's assumed to be true for most of his life. I asked him, what do you mean by more? And he said, well, among other things, that he wants to be moved by it, right? And why? I said, what do you mean by moved? And he said, well, in his church, they confess sins. But when they confess sins, he said, I don't really believe that they believe it. And I said, well, you mean they're not convinced they're sinners? And he said, no, no, they know it. We all know it. We assume it. And when the confession comes, we kind of just roll over. But he said, I think if we really believed that God was speaking to us and accusing us of things that we had done wrong, I think we would argue. There's something to that, I think. You see, what he was craving was a kind of dynamic relationship, which just happens to be the kind of thing that Jesus comes to us today, offering to us through the Holy Spirit. One that calls us by name, that convicts us when we stray and get off the path. One that calls us back home to the fold and then calls us back out again, forgiven to live in the world. My sheep know my voice and they follow me and I lead them in and out of the fold. Hearing the voice of Jesus, my friends, is a living, dynamic relationship. During the great 50 days of Easter, we have been letting Jesus self-identify to us. We have been trying to allow him to tell us who he is so that we can know who we are. And today he says, I am the ideal, the good shepherd, the last, the choice, the best. But how do we know? We know him by his voice. The voice of the one who promises that he can shepherd us through whatever questions we have about him and about this world and about who we really are. The one, the voice of the good shepherd who can speak unlike anyone else into our deepest loneliness and call us to life, who, who does name and forgive and heal all of our sins. Friends, what Jesus offers us is nothing short of the powerful voice of the one who can give us courage to face whatever illness, whatever suffering lies before us, and to do so as unto the Lord. By his voice, Jesus leads us like a shepherd even through the valley of the shadow of death itself. And who, my friends, doesn't want a shepherd who can find and lead you in the face of death? which is, of course, what we have. Jesus, our good shepherd, who still speaks. You know, one day, the Reverend Jen Holmes was at a church potluck after worship, and she was blessed by word of the Lord from her friend, Tommy. Tommy, she writes, has some cognitive disability so that he thinks like a seven- or eight-year-old child even though he's in his late 30s. And on this particular day, she writes, I was in a particularly low point in a season of deep depression, and I was feeling like I didn't deserve to eat. Tommy comes up to her, and she says, Sis, you eat. I assured him that I was going to get a plate of food, but just not yet. But he got insistent. Sis, you eat. You eat. I was a little irritated at being harassed, and I said, yes, Tommy, I am going to eat. Then he said, you know who told me? Jeezy. 
Tommy has not before or since insisted that I eat in the name of Jesus. It was a word specifically for that moment. For me, from the good shepherd who knew my name and who taught me to recognize his voice. Rumor around the church is that God speaks through Tommy regularly. It's a little strange, yes. But she writes, I had a profound experience of the love of God in that moment. Jesus spoke to me in Tommy's voice. And it occurs to me, my friends, that I have heard the voice of Jesus coming through sometimes in your lives too. And the more that we talk about it, the more that I find myself craving the kinds of stories like these of the voice of Jesus in your life. And it makes me wonder if we might know anyone else in this sea of lost humanity who could use a voice of love calling them by name too. Because the Lord still counts sheep. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we trust that somehow in this time, here together, you have taken these words you first spoke through John to the first Christians, and that you have again, by your Spirit, been also speaking them to us here for we are people who have wandered in today among a sea of lost people and a noisy, crowded world longing for a different kind of voice, one that could name us and send us back out changed. And so we ask, O oh God, that even as you speak to us now, that you would continue that speaking and that we would go from this place with ears opened to listen, eyes opened to see, and with the seeds of your good news gospel planted within us, anticipating and longing and hoping for them to grow good things in our lives. We pray this in your name. Amen. As a church, even as we are learning together to discern the voice of our Good Shepherd, we have ways to do this both corporately and in small groups. And so I want to invite our third through fifth grade students to come up because they have an opportunity now to talk with our church leaders about things that they're noticing and hearing and learning when we worship together. And we have a blessing for you guys. Welcome. People of God, what is our prayer? Almighty and loving God, thank you for the gift of your word. This is us. Help us to believe what we have heard and live in ways that honor you above all. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve Jesus. Thanks be to God. Friends, I'd invite you to rise in body or in spirit and let's respond to God together by singing, Come Thou Fount.
brothers and sisters, as those counted among God's people, with the, we go out into the world of a God who is still counting, who counts you among his fold, and who calls you to be those who will uh, help others to count themselves among him too. We do not do this work alone. We do so blessed by God and with his face turned toward us always and forever. And so I'd invite you to turn your eyes up, to open your hands, and to receive God's parting blessing. Friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace. Amen. Let's go singing.
go now in peace to love and serve Jesus Christ. And just a reminder that our sermon discussion will be happening at 11.05 uh, right after the service.